You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Almighty God, we come to you now and ask for your grace and your mercy that you would speak to us clearly, that we might hear from you and that we might be reminded of the love that you have for us in Jesus Christ our Lord. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. If you would please turn in your uh, handout, in your booklet, back to the uh, first, the reading from the first epistle of St. Paul to Timothy. That is the uh, passage I'm going to be speaking on this morning. <clears throat> well, I wonder if you would consider yourself rich or poor. Rich and poor are fairly relative terms, uh, which cannot be neatly defined. You know, if you live in a poor neighborhood, you might look around and think that you're rich. If you live in a rich neighborhood, you might look around and think that you are poor. The Bible has a lot to say about our wealth. <clears throat> no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Those were the words of Jesus that were left ringing in our ears last week from our lectionary reading. And this week, the lectionary does not let up. It does not give us a break. In our gospel reading, we heard Jesus telling a parable about a rich man who went to hell, whereas the poor man went to heaven. As we come to our First Timothy reading, Paul explains that there are two ways that we might be, in the words of Jesus, serving money. First, by giving money all of our time and our energy. And second, by trusting in money rather than God. But before we dig deeper into this passage, I want to talk to you about the context of what Paul is saying here of our passage. First Timothy is a letter written by Paul uh, to his fellow co-worker in the gospel, Timothy. It's a pastoral letter with instructions of how Timothy should conduct his ministry and things he should instruct others under his care to do. Right before our passage, Paul is warning Timothy against false teachers These false teachers were teaching a different doctrine which does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 5 of chapter 6, right before our passage, Paul says that there were teachers and preachers of the gospel who were using the platform that the gospel gave them as a means of great gains, to gain goods and wealth in this world for this life. They were preachers for profit. And this idea of gaining riches and in particular worldly gain, it leads Paul to the beginning of our passage where he states that godliness is just so much better as it leads to greater gain if it is paired with contentment. In verses 6 through 10, Paul warns Timothy against the dangers of desiring worldly gain, stating that if we desire to be rich, if we pursue the treasures of this world, As verse 9 says, we fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. But if instead we pursue godliness with contentment, we will have all that we need. Paul alludes to the book of Job as he says that we brought nothing in and we can take nothing out of this world. He wants to remind us that Everything we have in this life is a gift. 
Everything that we have has been given to us. But let's not be quick to uh, think that the problem is money, that the things that God's given us are the problem. Money is not the problem. Notice that in verse 10 that it's not money itself that is the root of all evil, but the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. The problem is not with the thing itself, but with us humans. We, our hearts, our distorted desires, we are the problem. It takes, uh, instead of using money as a tool of this world, we pursue it, we desire it, we crave it, Paul says. Money takes up all of our time and our energy and we end up serving money rather than God. But as one commentator explains, we can often get too caught in the pedantics and the details here and miss the impact of Paul's words. We can try too hard to make sure that we get this sentence right, that it's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil, that we don't actually read it and let it sink into us, let it work on us. We think to ourselves, well, you know, I'm fine. I don't love money. I just have, you know, a healthy fondness for it. Or, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to steward my resources well. We can easily hold Paul's statement at arm's length, never letting it get to our hearts, never asking the question of ourselves, do I love money? So let's not get caught nitpicking and miss the point that greed and our desire for more and more money leads to destruction. And Paul will name two evils which spring from our greed. First is wandering from the faith. And second is piercing ourselves with many pangs. Now what these pangs are, Paul doesn't specify. But I'm sure from your, your experience and my own experience, you know, I feel the burden of these many pangs. Usually as I lie awake at night, worrying about my financial situation. Now, just for some personal news uh, that helps illustrate this, my wife Rachel is pregnant with our second child, and she's due in February. And so, as you can imagine, recently my troubles have doubled. Now I have to think about two kids going to daycare, two kids going to school, two kids going to college. I was just thinking about it in the break. Two kids uh, in the plane, two tickets to Australia, as expensive as that is. Two car payments two insurance payments, and that's not even to mention all the things that I regularly pay for, like taxes and electricity bills, and you don't even need to get me started on the water bill. You know, we all, we all know about that. I pierce myself night and day with many pangs, worrying if I will have enough. Will we have enough daily bread? Well, rather than pursuing worldly gain, Paul encourages Timothy to flee temptation and pursue Christ and his righteousness. Pursue righteousness, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of eternal life, Paul says. Rather than taking hold of this world and its possessions, Timothy should take hold of eternal life because God is the one who gives life to all things. Money and wealth can't do that for you. Paul uses these very active verbs to pursue, to to fight, to take hold of, to describe where we should place our energies suggesting where our priorities should be. But notice that those very active verbs are paired with very passive things. It's only God who gives us righteousness. Only God who can give us faith. Only God who can give us eternal life. So this pursuit, this fight, this taking hold of, 
is done in a very receptive manner. By seeking these things from God through a life of prayer, of humility, of submission and of repentance. What Paul is encouraging Timothy towards here is not self-sufficiency, but Christ-sufficiency. As Jesus says himself, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But I need to be clear at this point that being rich and having wealth is not in itself sinful. Earlier in this letter, Paul will say that the worker deserves his wages. And also, if anyone, deserve, sorry, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. We are meant to be wise with our finances. We are meant to steward God's resources appropriately. But we also need to be very careful because being rich comes with great danger. So Paul here addresses in verses 17 onwards those who are rich already to not be arrogant or to put their trust in the uncertainty of riches. He says instead of seeking, after, uh, seeking to be rich in money, we should be seeking to be rich in good deeds. Instead of building a name for ourselves with the possessions of this life, instead of building a kingdom of our own, we should be using our riches for the benefit of others, using them to love others, rather than trusting in the uncertainty of riches, which I know if you've lived through the 2008 global financial crisis, if you've lived through the pandemic, which I can see you have, you don't really need a lesson on the uncertainty of riches. But instead of trusting in the uncertainty of riches, we should put our trust in God. He is the one who provides for all that we need. It's in this section that I think we get the clearest vision of what Paul is trying to say to Timothy and to you and to me. Which is, as far too often we ask of money what we should be asking only of God. We ask money to provide for all of our needs. We ask money to protect us from danger and from peril. We ask money to fulfill our desires. In doing so, we put money in the place that only God can take. In a similar way, we get caught in our own pride and a, a trap of putting ourselves in the place of God. We think that we are the ones, that I am the one who has to provide for all of my needs and my family's needs. It is through my own effort and work I can do it. In both of these cases, we fail to trust that God loves us and will graciously provide for all that we need. I forget that God loves to provide for me and I need reminding of the right ordering of my wealth and my priorities. It is only God, the only sure and certain one, He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, who alone deserves honor and has eternal dominion. He is the one who ritually provides for everything for our enjoyment. He provides us with daily bread. He provides all that we need for life and health and happiness. This includes our spiritual and our material needs. The good news of God's grace is that the God who created the heavens and the earth, who clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, 
who feeds the birds of the air, though they do not sow or reap or store away in barns. That same God loves you and longs to provide for you. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we can truly trust that God. When we stop putting our trust in the things of this world and we instead put our trust in God, we will not be forsaken. Because God in and through Jesus Christ has proven to be trustworthy. See, the one who provides for our daily needs is the same God who sent his one and only Son to provide for our salvation. If God is willing to give us his Son to save us, how much more will he provide for all that we need today? Or as Paul says in Romans, he who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things. God's love is displayed for us at the cross of Calvary, where Jesus gave up the riches of heaven and earth to be numbered among the poor, the criminals, that you and I might have life in abundance right now, and in the age to come, life everlasting, that we might be blessed with every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ right now. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Brothers and sisters in Christ, flee from temptation. Do not desire money, do not be rich in goods, but desire God and be rich in good deeds. God longs to provide for you and for all your needs. He has already done so in Jesus Christ. How much more will he do so today and into the future? Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for the love that you have poured out on us in Jesus Christ, in sending him to save us. We ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us to trust in you, that we would put aside all the cares of this world and fix our eyes on you. Father, we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.